Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Pillar, still out on the left coast, and it's a recess of Ontario game day. You mean Battle of Ontario, Ross? What's going on here? No, I mean recess. This is the third meeting between Ottawa and Toronto this season. We haven't seen any animosity, so until they can live up to what we saw in the Battle of Alberta, it's just a game of recess between the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. However, in the minors, it's a little more intense. The Toronto Marlies and Belleville Senators, they played last night. They're back on the ice today in Toronto. We'll recap last night's look ahead to today's game and the tankathon. It did not go well yesterday with the San Jose Sharks having a third period comeback. We'll break that all down and spin the tankathon wheel. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, February 15th. And before we get to the Battle of Ontario, Pilsy, it was a long-anticipated return of Christian Willannon into the Belleville lineup last night. How did you think he fared? Well, there's one thing Christian Willannon's known for. It's uh, his smooth skating, his puck handling ability. But that wasn't the key to last night's game and his return as he decided it would be a good idea to get into a fight after coming off a massive shoulder injury. I don't know about that one, but uh, we can get more into that later when we uh, hop back into the Belleville Marlies recap. We will say as well, he will not be in the lineup today as they're keeping him out of back-to-back situations. But you're right. Let's get to the big boys first. Ottawa, Toronto, the Sens have an opportunity to play spoiler in a big way because the Toronto Maple Leafs have been kind of spinning their wheels in mud this season. Every time they get some traction... Something happens. They fall back. The latest is Andreas Janssen, another one of their kind of depth pieces up front. He's going to be out eight weeks after suffering an injury in the last game. So um, more line shuffling. Jason Spezza will make his return to Ottawa for the first time wearing the Leafs jersey, which, uh, I mean, still kind of. Yeah, it is. That's a perfect way to put it. It's gross. It really is. Man, when he when he scored that goal in the last recess of Ontario, if that's what we're calling it now, I honestly I thought it was going to be sick to my stomach because remember all the times that Jason Spezza had an opportunity to use that um, shot that he has and he would just dish it off every single time? Of course, now that he's with the Leafs playing against the Sens, he wires it home instead of... Uh, doing a drop pass on a breakaway like he would if he was on the Sens. But that that definitely was not a battle of Ontario last time, Ross. So I think for sure we can call that first uh, matchup or the most recent one, the 2-1 overtime win where Marner got bullied in the corner to get the power play and then scored the game winner in OT. That was a recess of Ontario. And hopefully this one has a little more firepower to it. Yeah, and Marner just looks like the kind of guy who, speaking of recess, would go right to the teacher if if he gets pushed <laughs> like that. Miss Finster, Miss Finster. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Everee, he hurt me. Uh, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of Leafs, you know, it's kind of um, goes without saying that when the Leafs play in Ottawa, the building will be full of Leaf fans. So here at Send Central, we want to give you a little guide. How to deal with Leaf fans invading the CTC. It's easier when the Sens are winning because you can just shove that down Leaf fans' throats, but we got to go back to the history books. And no, we don't have to go back as far as Leafs fans do, all the way to 1967. You can just ask them. You can say, hey, 
when's the last time you guys won a playoff series? It It's easy, it's simple, and it digs deep. If they say, yeah, well, that series was against uh, the Ottawa Senators, well, you tell them there's been two lockouts since then. <laughs> Sens have been to the cup final since then. They've been to two, well, three, including the one that they won and, and ultimately went to the cup final, three conference finals since then, and... I don't think you can say anything near that to the Leafs. You can say that, wow, you guys did well using your financial muscle. Wow, you guys paid your top four players over $55 million in salary this season. How are those returns on the dollar? Team battling for the third spot in the Atlantic. Can't can't relate to that one bit as the entire Sens lineup tonight will make about $45 million. What else do you think uh, would get under the skin of these Leaf fans? Well, it's kind of it's an interesting position being a rebuilding team in Ottawa because I think the only two points you really want are against three teams. Obviously, the San Jose Sharks. You want to keep the Shark Tank going all the way to the bottom of the Pacific. Nice. You want to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets because you have some of their draft picks as well. And you want to beat the Leafs, especially when all these blue shirts invade the CTC. You want to show them how it's done. And hopefully some of the former Leafs, guys like Ron Haynes, E. Connor Brown, Tyler Ennis, and Nikita Zaitsev will do a good job keeping the Leafs off the score sheet and putting some pucks in the back of their net. But the nice thing, too, is if you get the win, you can shove it in their face. But if they lose, that's fine, too, because it's a rebuilding year, and that only helps our draft position. And the Leafs, although they might like to say they were rebuilding, I think other than that one year where they absolutely tanked, that they traded anyone who had any talent, I think it's more like they just sucked for a decade. So there's a difference between rebuilding and just being terrible. And the Sens, we're rebuilding right now. So we'll either take the two points and play spoiler, or we'll keep, uh, keep going down to the basement and get our lottery odds better for this draft. And isn't a rebuild only complete once you win around in the playoffs? Like, <laughs> how much satisfaction yeah. do you really get of having three home playoff games and having the big bad Bruins, who, by the way, in between the times that they've beat the Leafs three in the, in the postseason, Ottawa beat Boston in the playoffs. So, again, can't relate to losing to the Bruins in the postseason. Um, so that's we're going on a 14-year rebuild for, for this Toronto Maple. 16. Sorry, I, I'm, it's so been so long, I'm, I'm losing count. So, yeah, lot, lots of uh, ammo. And Sens fans, you already know that there's always that one dick in the CTC wearing a Leafs jersey, even when it's Ottawa playing L.A. There's always yeah. that one. So, you know, tonight it's going to be no different. It's just more clowns. It's going to be a little bit of a circus in there. Um, but just know that even though the rebuild is in its infancy, it's already looking more sustainable than this Leafs one because, I mean, the only thing Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and Mitch Marner have won in their careers is their contract negotiations. You can't say they've really won anything on the ice. Oh, actually, Nylander did. He won the MVP of the World Championships without the Maple Leaf on his jersey. So he's had his best career moment in the yellow of Team Sweden rather than the blue and white. Anyways, enough time with those clowns down in Toronto as we are actually, oh, I am. Pilsy's out out west. I'm in the heart of enemy territory. I'm actually be working the game tonight on TSN 1050 in Toronto. I'll be hosting the post-game show. So tune in if you want uh, me to sneak in a little bit of uh, 
Sens fandom, maybe a little bit of slant there. As last time uh, when they played a couple weeks ago, I was wearing my Sens toque during the post game <laughs> show. That's a beauty radio. You can kind of hide it a little bit. Uh, but anyways, that's all good. So that is how to deal with blue and white fans invading the CTC. Uh, as we move on to CAA Arena last night, you mentioned the fight. That's kind of you know the the main moment I think of the of the game. Other than that, the Belleville Senators point streak it ends at seven games. But there's no better time to start a new one than 4 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon in the heart of enemy territory in downtown Toronto. Is there? Oh, I see. I see the Belleville Senators starting another win streak. Uh, right away this afternoon. I mean, both you and I put some heavy money on Belleville, so hopefully that works out. But let's get into this line and fight a little, Ross. I mean, you have a guy who hasn't played a single game all year. He finally gets back in the lineup. And then I, I didn't see the full game, so I don't know what really caused that fight. But it just seemed like it was something unnecessary for a guy like Willina to do. I mean, if he was an enforcer or a grinder or that kind of guy in his first game back, maybe then you want to show that you're, you're sticking up for your teammates and you're, you're showing some emotion. But when you're in a guy in his position, especially a shoulder injury, which is crucial when you're fighting, I mean, he was just hanging on for dear life. That was hardly a fight. So I don't really like that move by Olinen. I mean, I guess I get it. He's trying to mesh with his new teammates. He's trying to uh, stand up for himself and, and his guys. But Really a risky situation for Willinen, who, as we mentioned earlier, won't be playing in today as he's not going to play back-to-backs, at least for a little while. Yeah, well, here, let's uh, let's he, here's what Christian Willinen had to say per David Foote, friend of the show. Footy. Footy on air. You can follow him on Twitter. Yeah, it'll be good to see him again. Like I said, we haven't been down in Belleville for a little while. Um, here's what Willinen had to say. He said, um, you know, I obviously haven't been around a lot, but I think when you get on a streak, you think it's going to come easy sometimes. Had a great first, maybe left off, assuming it would be easy. They took advantage of our mistakes and won more battles. Said he felt okay. He said he knew there'd be some growing pains and it would be a tough in a lot of ways. Not going to think about it too much. We'll move on to tomorrow. The shoulder is healed. It's just rest that I'm thinking about now. It's going to come with time and I'll be ready to play whenever my name is called next. So he mentioned, he said, uh, I'm not a fan. He's not a fan of me. We're not a fan of them as a whole. Obviously, I'm not much of a fighter, especially after the shoulder surgery. Said he was thinking about it the entire time. And you could see just by the way he was holding on that uh, that was the case. But in a way, do you think that that could help him knowing that he was able to get through that fight and the shoulder stayed all right? I mean, maybe in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, I made it through that first test. But I just, I don't, it's such a risk that he put himself in. And especially a guy who's, let's be honest, there's a lot more competition on that decor now than there was, let's say, a season ago or at the end of last uh, season where Willinen probably had high hopes to crack the roster for the Ottawa Senators before he had that shoulder injury in training camp. So, I still I don't like it, and hopefully he he's learned that he shouldn't do that anymore, and because he needs to stay healthy, especially if Belleville's going to go on a long Calder Cup playoff run. Kind of funny you mentioned uh, how he's uh, he's known as an offensive defenseman. Well, the Sens power play went 0 for six in his first game. A little bit of an anomaly for a power play that's been so dominant throughout the season. Um, I think that that's going to kind of re- regress back to the mean here. 
um, today. What do you think about the Sens' power play, and how could they, you know, get back on the score sheet? Yeah, 0 for 6, when you have guys like uh, Josh Norris, Alex Formanton, Abramov, Schlappick, Logan Brown, Branstrom, I mean, the ball starts, the list goes on. Like, that's not going to happen very often, especially when uh, you're on a back-to-back against the same team and you get another look now. Maybe they get a better look at what their PK is doing and how they can try to beat them. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get one or even two power play goals today. Well, Mason Marchment, what a what a B-Sense killer that guy's been over the last couple couple games. He had the hat trick um, against Belleville when when Belleville obviously came back and won, so no worse for wear in that one. But uh, he also had a goal and assist, four penalty minutes and three shots. Uh, obviously, the son of uh, Brian Marchment, I think his name Brad Marchment, maybe. Anyways, he was a dirty NHL player, uh, tons of knees. But when you look at the penalty situation, there was a back to back where. Um, where Belleville had a power play middle of the third period. And 20 seconds after that one expired, they had another opportunity on the power play down by a goal at both times. So those, that was an important moment of the game and Belleville wasn't able to take advantage, but you think that now at four o'clock here uh, that they'll be able to fix that up as it'll be kind of the appetizer for Sens fans leading into tonight's game uh, against the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and, uh, I think it's a good time to move on to the clash because today's um, feature is on a guy who's seen both sides of the recess of Ontario over the last two years, and that's Tyler Ennis. What do you think about him? Should he stay or should he go? Well, first of all, I want to start off by saying Tyler Ennis has been a really nice surprise on this Sens team, especially we just talked about how Belva went 0 for 6 on the power play, but Tyler Ennis for uh, the Ottawa Senators. He's been one of their best players on the power play with nine power play points and five power play goals. He's got 30 points in 57 games this year. He's been a real nice surprise at a cheap dollar amount, too. He's going to be a UFA at the end of this season. And we talked about it off air, Ross. It's kind of funny. We were talking about the recess of Ontario between Toronto and Ottawa and then Belleville and uh, the Marlies. And then Tyler Ennis. Is it that crazy to think that the Leafs might even trade for him at the deadline to try to replace a guy like Janssen who's going to be out for eight weeks? I mean, that'd be a cheap replacement, and you know he fits in with that lineup. Yeah, I don't know if they want to move any more draft picks. They they obviously sent their first to Carolina to get rid of Patrick Marlowe and and then gave up a, a two-thirds, and one of them could be a second in the Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford trade. I think yeah. it, it, I think the Marlies might be more looking or Jeremy Bracco is obviously a name that's that's come up. There's just kind of no room for him. He does have some offensive talent, um, but obviously I think that the value might be a little off. But he's someone who I think the Leafs might be dangling more than than wanting to use their draft picks. I still think that the best fit would be in Edmonton. Um, and Sens fans have been saying this about all their players, like Pajot. People thought he would be a good fit yeah. in Edmonton. Going back to last year, like, could you imagine the speed if Ryan Dezingle played on a line with Connor McDavid? And now it's almost the same line of thinking. Like Tyler Ennis is a shifty player. He's good at, at, at moving in tight. And I think he'd be a great compliment to either McDavid or Dreisaitl's line in Edmonton. And the cherry on top, I know this kind of gets overblown in trade talks, but he's a local Edmonton kid. So yeah. I think that that could have some sort of uh, influence here. Going uh, going into the trade deadline, so 
Um, I mean, time will tell. I'm happy if they keep him as well. He's He's been kind of a revelation offensively for Ottawa this year. And I think that he's fit in well. He can play up and down any sort of lineup. Um, he's good on the on the uh, power play, especially. And this is a guy who's done it consistently. We got to give stick taps as well. He uh, just played in his 600th NHL game in his last one, uh, his 57th with Ottawa, and he's already got 30 points, 13 goals, one more than his goal total of last season, and the most since he scored in a season since 2014-2015 when he was on that terrible, terrible. Buffalo Sabres team that was doing anything they could to tank for Connor McDavid. Hey, they ended up with Jack Eichel, not the worst, but uh, that's quite the the comeback for for Tyler Ennis in his career. And after averaging under ten minutes a game in Toronto last season, he's or, he's almost up at fifteen minutes a game in Ottawa. So if there is some sort of back and forth with the team with Dorian wanting to keep him. He, I think he's going to look at that, too, and say, look, I'm getting an opportunity to play some big minutes and some power play minutes here, and I think that could be pretty tempting for him. But if you get an offer that's a third-rounder or better, or a B-level prospect even, I think the best move with all the forwards that are in Belleville ready, I think you'd be doing them a disservice if you one-up him or re-up him for another year without you know, an offer on the table that would be suffice. Yeah, I, I don't know, Ross. I think I'm pretty dead set on this since the moment they signed him. I think he needs to go. It's just, it's a 30 year old uh, winger who you were, it was a low, low, low risk uh, situation. I think, I think they signed him hoping that he would have a good year. He could play a good role with this team, elevate his status, and get traded at the deadline and go to contender. And I think that's probably what Tyler Ennis wants as well. So, I think even if it's only a fourth or a fifth round pick, I think they have to trade Tyler Ennis. They need to make roster space, like you said. And the guy deserves a chance to play for contender. So hopefully, like uh, you mentioned, I didn't realize he was from Edmonton. I think that'd be a great fit and they can make something work there. Fun fact about Tyler Ennis. He was taken 26th overall or also known as fifth, uh, sorry, 11 picks after Eric Carlson in the 2008 draft. And speaking of Eric Carlson, uh, we retweeted this from our Twitter account. You can go follow us at Send Central on Twitter. And this is tough. It could be good news, I guess, for the Shark Tank, but we don't cheer injuries. And there's been a lot of them in San Jose. Carlson missed the final 1330 of the game. He fell over awkwardly. It looks, we too, as I mentioned, retweeted the video of it. Uh, just kind of coming in front of his net, gets tangled up with a Winnipeg Jets player, and then falls awkwardly over Joe Thornton. There's been no update. Um, What we can tell you, though, is at the point in that game, it was tied 2-2. San Jose did come back and win that game. So in terms of the tank, they've, uh, you know, brought themselves to within within a point of, uh, or sorry, they've jumped uh anaheim now so they're in sixth last place or sixth best if you're talking about the tank but yeah that's that's tough uh for eric carlson we'll we'll definitely update you on the next show or whenever um we get an update on carlson's status going forward the sharks are right back into it today and uh if you look at who they're playing the minnesota wild you know you get that bump after um after a coaching change bruce boudreaux out in minnesota um, and it's, yeah, their first time playing without him. Five o'clock start. You can also check out on our Twitter every single day. And we're starting to get some good feedback on this. So we're going to do it every single day is our tank watch hashtag tank watch, where we'll tweet out the teams who are relevant in the tank standings when they play 
And then we include the standings and the draft lottery so you can see what their percentage is of getting a top three pick, a top pick, and we'll update that every single day so you can follow along the tank leading up to the draft lottery. How exciting is that going to be? And I think without further ado, that should get us to another spin on the Tankathon. Would you like to lead the way, Pilsy? Yeah, sure. But before I do that spin, uh, the nice thing about being in the West Coast, Ross, is that you can watch all these East Coast games at 4 o'clock. So I've been watching a lot of hockey, uh, different teams, which has been nice. So I watched that whole Winnipeg Jets-San Jose Sharks game. And man, the Winnipeg Jets, that was a game they should have won. I mean, I think they hit four or five posts. They missed a bunch of empty net chance at the end of the game. And then with Carlson being out for um, pretty much the whole third period, like you said, that's a game that the Jets really should have taken advantage of. And it was pretty frustrating for me to watch uh, them slip that away and let the Sharks get those two points. But anyways, let's take a spin here, see how that goes. And it doesn't make me feel any better as Ottawa is the fifth pick and the eighth pick in this draft with uh, L.A. getting the top top uh, pick and Columbus jumping 13 spots to number two and the Rangers jumping 10 spots to number three. So hopefully this doesn't happen for real because that would be absolutely devastating. Before I give my spin, I always forget to do it before I get to yours, just so everyone has an idea. Right now, Ottawa with the third best odds with their own pick. San Jose's the sixth best odds as I hit the sim lottery button. And not great. Ottawa's own pick goes down two spots to five, and San Jose's pick down one spot to seven. So mm. five and seven, not great. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be tough. Tough if that ends up happening. But I mean, still two two picks in the top ten is is nothing to be upset about. But. They need some franchise-changing guys, so hopefully those odds get a little higher in the sense favor. What was your two? Five and eight. Five and eight. So just as I'm updating our standing boards, three numbers have just hit double digits. Five, six, and seven. Not not what, uh, what sense Yikes. fans want to be seeing as the most common places to pick. Anyways, a lot can change coming down the stretch. We'll leave you at that as the recess of Ontario hits the NHL and AHL. Remember, don't take anything from Leaf fans. They have nothing, nothing to be proud of for their sorry franchise that throws money. May as well be in the garbage. That's it for us. (laughs) This is the Locked On Senators podcast. That's Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. We'll chat to you after the weekend. Enjoy the long weekend with Family Day. I'll be in Ottawa for the Sens matchup against the Dallas Stars. And then leading in to Chris Phillips' jersey retirement on Tuesday. We'll get much, much more in depth on that leading up to it. Have a good weekend.